everything is real. I'm Natalie D. I'm Drew Toothpaste. And today we're going to discuss how the USA's invasion of Iraq to access their Stargate is real. It sounds pretty bulletproof to me. I mean, look at Iraq. They obviously have a Stargate. So this kind of came out of nowhere and I ran across it just in basically a news feed and it was in Newsweek. Right. <laughs> Now, just to be clear, Newsweek's star has unfortunately fallen. Right, right. It used to be considered a pretty major weekly news magazine. And then they end with an issue that had admin in it. <laughs> they ran, I think it was January or February 2018. I think they interviewed admin of the share zone. Yeah, and... Uh, I tried to get a print copy. It was impossible. They had almost quit running the print copies of it. I don't think they make print copies anymore. Right. But I actually had to order one on eBay because they were so impossible to find. But they did report on this, which is really interesting because the story is that it was bought by, you know, this cynical group of investors that maybe had some sort of political bent. Right, right. And, uh... You know, reporting that the Iraq war was actually done for false reasons is not something that media typically handles, regardless of their political ideas. Right, right. People tend to carry water for the U.S. government a lot. Ultimately, I think people like having a government that is their dad. Right, right, exactly. And I think people like having somebody in charge to tell them what to do, and then if they do what the government tells them, then they're good. Right, right. This story, to me, has, like, a little bit of a more um, wacky. It's a little wackier than most, I think. So, tell me, Natalie, what are the basics of what's happening here? Okay, so, in 2022, there was an article in Newsweek that suggested that the U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003, was done to access a stargate in the Great Ziggurat of Ur, located in modern-day Iraq. I believe we talked about the Ziggurat of Ur when we were talking about pyramids back in the day. Yeah, now a ziggurat is not strictly a pyramid, but it has a a vaguely pyramidal structure. Right, a pyramid has smooth sides. A ziggurat looks more like if you were to build it out of blocks or something like that. It is like five on the base, and then three in the next level, and then one on the top, you know? Like, when you're doing a little It's a little stair-steppy. Yeah, right. little stair-steppy right. structure, right. Right. Now, this is a great ziggurat. It's not a small ziggurat. No, it is one of their nicer ziggurats. <laughs> <laughs> they, really, they really like it. They think it's a good one. So, theoretically, like, according to Newsweek, <laughs> or according to whoever, within this great ziggurat is... A Stargate. Much like the Stargate in the movie Stargate. Now, I think that the movie Stargate coined the term Stargate. Right. And this is irritating to me because Stargate was actually an okay movie. Right. I'm not a movie critic. It It was was fine. It was fine. It had some cool mythology stuff packed in there. I always appreciate a little bit of that. But anytime somebody starts explaining some concept and they're like, okay, you know how on Star Trek? No, I don't. I don't, don't explain it to me that way. Right, right. Explain it to me using real stuff, because if you start explaining a scientific concept to me using something fictional, then it's hard for me to connect that to the real world. Right, right. Like, sometimes I'll get online and I'll be reading, like, consciousness theory stuff, or I'll be reading, like, philosophical stuff, 
and someone will be talking and they'll be typing along and saying some bullshit. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And then they're like, but then in the Matrix. I'm like, no, no. You lost me when you started talking about the Matrix. If your point of reference is the Matrix and not like <laughs> the fucking libraries full of actual philosophical beliefs, then to me it makes it seem like you haven't really dug into this topic very much. <laughs> Yeah, you know, my background is academics, so I'm used to reading journal articles and I'm used to, you know, tracking down references and finding original sources for stuff when I can. And I mean, like, maybe I'm stuck up, but like The Matrix, again, it was fine, but how much meat is there in a screenplay of something that is like an hour and a half long? There's nothing there to it. There's nothing there to it. No matter how much you like The Matrix, it doesn't hold very much water for me. And we talked about, in our very first Everything is Real, we talked about how the brain in a jar theory, which is essentially The Matrix, is something that's been pondered by philosophers for hundreds of years. Right, right. So the idea of a stargate, of calling it a stargate is irritating, but a stargate is essentially a wormhole, right? Right, yeah. So a uh, stargate is theoretically a wormhole, and a wormhole represents two areas of space-time that are connected, right? Point A and point B, and then you got the wormhole in between the two. A wormhole could be permanent or temporary, but it is a tunnel through which you would bip. <laughs> Just bip it on through and see where you end up. It's basically a bip tube. <laughs> Bipping on over to Earth through the cigarette tube. You know how it goes. <laughs> Wormholes actually are something that exists. This is not just just Star Trek shit. Now, do wormholes exist, or is it something where it's like mathematically they exist? Like, or have we seen a wormhole? So we haven't seen or used a wormhole that we know of. There have been theories like, you know, a black hole. The initial thought with a black hole is that there's a bunch of shit in there, and it's so heavy, it sucks in everything, it sucks in light, that's why it's black. Right. Right? Well, there's people that say, well, maybe a black hole is one end of a wormhole. And it's got just like a gradient. You know what I'm saying? It's got such a, a gradient that moves matter and energy. It moves existence through this sort of discontinuity in space and time. Mm -hmm. And it's working on, on like a gradient. So anything that gets close to it is going to be pushed on through just like an air molecule when it hits a fan. Right. Right. There are solutions to Einstein's field equations, which are like part of the general relativity theory, that suggest that a wormhole could exist. And these solutions are just mathematical. It's not anything that we've observed. Right, okay. So theoretically, a wormhole could connect two points that would ordinarily be considered distant in space or in time. And it is also theorized that a wormhole could connect two universes to each other. Yeah, a wormhole is also, I think it's worth pointing out at this point, that a wormhole basically means anything that can do something cool. <laughs> Right. Yes, Einstein predicted it. Einstein also, I feel compelled to point out, also hated quantum mechanics. Right. Absolutely despised the idea of probabilistic functions in the universe and absolutely despised, you know, the sort of double slit experiments and things like that that <laughs> right. suggested... Uh, that suggested that the universe is not deterministic. But a wormhole could be 
between here and the edge of the universe. So you could fly your spaceship into it and fly out the other side. Mm -hmm. You could also fly in your spaceship in one end of the wormhole and come out in 1600 BC or 16,000 common era. Right, right, right. I mean, theoretically, anything could happen, but we have no idea why they would exist or how they would be created given, you know, what we know about energy and matter and stuff in the universe. Right, right. I mean, I know Bob Lazar had some theories of how UFOs worked that seemed to, in some ways, kind of mesh with those, the idea of wormholes. I think his explanation was more like gravity and using gravitational waves to, like, fold time up on itself and yeah. make it so you could pass between faster. Like, who knows, though, man? The universe is so crazy. So the majority of the universe we can't see in any way. Right. And that sounds like a completely stupid thing to say, you know, without any other context. Right, right. That we can't even see most stuff. But, uh, you know, dark matter, dark energy, so we really have no fucking idea what's going on. Our concept of physics that we have now has enabled us to work with matter and energy so that we can do practical things like build cars and make telephones. Right, right. Like commerce. It seems like a lot of contemporary science is based on business and commerce and what you can sell. I think we're getting close to something here. <laughs> right. You can't make a wormhole in a way that you could sell it to a rich person. Right. It's Useless. hard to it's hard to justify working with it on planet Earth or if you can't create 8 billion wormholes and you could sell one each to regular people. <laughs> sell a subscription to wormhole. <laughs> yeah. You would never be able to own a wormhole. You would be paying $12 a month to subscribe to Wormhole Plus. <laughs> W-R-M-H-O-L-E. <laughs> com. <laughs> the thing that underpins all of scientific knowledge and scientific achievement in the modern world, in the West, is getting grants to do your project. The university will never pay a billion dollars worth of bills for you to go find a wormhole. Right. And then they go, great. So what, do we get oil out of the wormhole? Do we put our trash in the wormhole and we don't see oh, it again? Oh, that'd be good. Maybe that'd be a use for a wormhole. I cannot think of a quicker way to induce the extraterrestrials to just come here and be like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> right. I mean, that's they it. can you mow got, us down at this point if they want, honestly. You guys, <laughs> listen, it took us 16 million years to create this wormhole, and you guys put fucking Tide buckets and yoo containers in it? You're dead. Right. Right. <laughs> Here's my thing with the wormhole. I was thinking about the wormhole today when I was reading about this leading up to this conversation this evening. To me, like the existence of a wormhole, I can't conceptualize it in the context of a IRL universe, right? Yeah. Like a naturally occurring universe that just happened to be here and here we live, right? I can't really conceptualize a wormhole in that context when I think of a wormhole, I think that it would have to be evidence that we lived in a simulation. Because if we took a spaceship and we escaped the Earth's atmosphere and we just started, like, flying through space, we would never get anywhere. It would take us forever, light years and light years and light years and light years, to get anywhere noteworthy at all, right? Oh, yeah. We have, like, a small handful of planets with not much on them in our solar system, and there's nothing around. It's just the void. Everywhere is just the void, right? 
But if you had to use a wormhole to get to a different planet or universe where there is stuff going on, wouldn't that to you feel more like having access to something where you open a different file and load it up? And there you are. It it would be like doing fast travel in Fallout. Right, exactly, exactly. So, like, if you have the ability to do fast travel, to me, that implies that you're not dealing with something that is material in the way that we understand it. Oh, absolutely not. This is not just reality plus a tube that lets you go to Mars. First of all, if there's any wormholes around here, we can't fucking see them. Mm -hmm. So if a wormhole is real, it just may not be visible. Right. Meaning any wormhole that we could get to, look, we shot Voyager 1 off of the Earth in, in when? The 70s, 78, something like that. It took 30 fucking years to get to the edge of the solar system. Right. And that's nowhere. <laughs> right. And you try to convince somebody to sit on a fucking spaceship for 30 years just like waiting to get somewhere. A lot longer than you think, Dad. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so when you do fast travel, and I'm just doing just what I said I hate, which is referring to some kind of bullshit entertainment product as a metaphor for the physical universe. But if you were to fast travel in a game, it throws up a loading screen. Why does it throw up a loading screen? Because it has to draw all the shit around you. Right. Because it's not basing all the stuff that it has to draw in like the 3D panorama and figure out where these objects are and where the light falls on them and stuff. Uh It takes it another minute or something to load. If you pass through a wormhole and you go from point X to point Y... It's going to take a minute for the simulation to load in an entire other part of the universe. This is just the thing with the simulation theory. Essentially, as far as we're concerned, we don't even need to have all of the solar system. I mean, yeah, we shot one probe off Mm -hmm. and we maybe watched it go for, you know, 30, 40 years, whatever, right? Right. That's the furthest any man-made object has gotten is just the very end of the solar system. So anything past that could be a matte painting. It could be the wall of the Truman Show. Right, right. It could be the mountain in Grand Theft Auto where you can't go up it. But the truth remains that we've simulated universes. This is why it's a... I'm not comparing it to Super Mario, okay? Grand Theft Auto in sandbox games, open world games, just seem to be a microcosm proof of the idea that you can simulate a universe. Sure, sure. I don't like simulation theory, man. It's just like, it doesn't speak to me that much. I know you're a simulation theory guy. I think it's interesting to think about because... Then the reality we live in, it doesn't philosophically change anything, right? Right. It doesn't philosophically change the way you live your life or your interactions with anybody. This is something philosophical that is imagining what is outside the entire universe, what is outside of everything. Mm -hmm. It's like a koan, right? It's just thinking about what is there apart from everything that exists. Right. I mean, and you know, you've seen all of the pictures that have been coming in from that telescope. The James Webb, yeah. (laughs) Whatever his name is, I don't give a shit. Anyway, (laughs) all of these pictures have been coming. And I have seen these pictures of universes and galaxies and everything. But there are so fucking many of them, it looks like a bowl of cereal. There is a bazillion trillion of them. Like... (laughs) 
it is bad. It is like absolutely mind-boggling to me. Absolutely, the number of celestial bodies there are is basically infinite. Right. It's n- it's not infinite as far as we know. We think we know where the edge of the universe is, sort of. I think that we are a lot smaller than we think we are. I think that all of this stuff, all of this universe stuff, is part of something much larger that we have no ability to even comprehend. And there's no point of us trying to understand it. That's my feelings on outer space. (laughs) We are not equipped to comprehend what we are a part of. Well, certainly. And that leads into theology as well. Right. I mean, it's the same shit. There's shit happening you're never going to be able to touch. The way that I feel about this and the, the reason why I've never been excited about NASA. First of all, I think the Challenger thing really got me off to a bad start. Like, I grew up in the 80s, and basically, the first thing you learn is that we flew to the moon. That's cool. Well, what kind of space shit are we doing now? Well, basically, we're creating space missiles that are going to hopefully beat Russia's space missiles so you don't die. Right, right. And then they're like, oh, but NASA does do great stuff. Here's We're sending some teachers up on the Challenger. <laughs> Too bad Big Bird can't make it, but we got all these teachers. We're going to send them right up. (laughs) I've mentioned it before, but it was a formative experience for me. And so I think that's why the space stuff just seemed like an obvious Mm no-go. But truthfully, okay, is it cool to send a robot on Mars? Yes. Is it cool to make the robot tweet and try to make us cry? No. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, let's emotionally manipulate us about the robot you made us buy with our money. You took our tax money, you built a robot, and then you sent it to Mars where it could die of its battery getting exhausted and then make us feel bad about it? This is exactly like when you have kids and your kids buy you stuff, but anything your kid buys you is, you know, your money with extra steps. Right, right. (laughs) What I'm thinking of is the fact that at least in our lifetimes, we're not going to physically get that far, okay? In order for us to actually go anywhere in the universe, we have to figure out something else. And I think doing this little incremental stuff, like sending the third or fourth fucking robot up on Mars, and this whole game like, oh, we're going to terraform Mars, shut the fuck up. You can't even stop making garbage (laughs) on Earth. Right, you can't stop fracking. You can't... (laughs) You can't take the smartest and richest people on Earth and make Earth better. Why do you think you're going to take a planet that's, I don't remember if it's 800 or negative 800 degrees. It doesn't really matter. Right, right. Why can't you take this cold, hot, perhaps alternately cold and hot planet that has no oxygen and let's just live there? That's not going to happen. You can't live in California. (laughs) Right, Here's my thing. Here's my problem with outer space. I know I talk about how I, I'm not an outer space person all the time. Here's one of my problems with outer space is it seems that a lot of people focus on these space missions and like the new telescope, the new Mars robot, all of these things. I appreciate science. I understand that science is important. I understand the reasons people have for wanting to study stuff. But when people focus on outer space so much, there's always an underlying idea, like an underlying unspoken idea that they are doing this so we can go into outer space, so we can escape Earth, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like we are directing our energies 
towards the wrong thing. Instead of trying to find a way for us us to escape Earth because we're destroying it, we should be investing all of this money, all of this outer space stuff into saving the planet we're on because we're not going to escape it in our lifetimes. And who knows what the next generation's lifetime is going to be like. But I can guarantee you they're probably not going out to outer space either. I have my doubts. Right, right. So to me, it seems like a great waste of money for a far-flung hope for things being different when you could take that same money and direct it towards things that would change things on this planet. And if not solve all the problems, at least kick the can down the road a little bit more. Sure, I think kicking the can is underrated. <laughs> I mean, if if it's like the choices are either kicking the can down the road like another 80 years or like having it next week, crash and burn, like obviously the choice is obvious, right? I mean, you can discover a lot of stuff in 80 years. I mean, just recently they announced that they had uh, fusion. They did energy gain fusion, net net energy gain. So they heated this shit up with lasers and they managed to get it to fuse, and then the energy that came out of that was about 20% more than we put in. So essentially, we have fusion. It's not cold fusion. This was extremely hot fusion. (laughs) Very hot fusion. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And and I actually saw a great meme the other day, and it said, hey, I, I discovered a new way to generate power. And then the second person in the meme said, is it new or is it a turbine? And the guy's like, it's a turbine. <laughs> I mean, this should tell you something about where we are in terms of technology. Will we colonize Mars? Well, we discovered a new form of water wheel. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we maybe not there yet. Yeah. We're still iterating on the wheel. We just need to rein it in. We need to hold our horses, right? I'm going to lay all the horse analogies out here. Get those horses back over here. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like space exploration is for people who have their shit together, is how I feel about it. Absolutely. If you don't have your shit together, you don't get to go to outer space. Meh. Right? And nobody's gone... No people have gone to outer space. We shot off one probe. Right. And then then we did another one. We did we did another Voyager, didn't we? Mm-hmm. A few years back. See, I don't keep up with this stuff because just to keep it 100 with you, I don't think we're going to find anything locally. I think we need to lock down all the extraterrestrial shit and start actually traveling faster than light and start getting some maps to the stars. Right, right. I'm just saying, you see the fucking bowl of cereal that is like nine million trillion bazillion universes. Which one do you pick, man? Which one? Because you're only going to get to pick one. <laughs> that's assuming you get to pick one. Yeah, and we, <laughs> that's important because we don't even have the resources to meaningfully transport humans outside of Earth. We don't have the resources to set up a efficient train system in the United States. No. Uh, <laughs> We live in a state that's flat, and it has three major cities, and we can't string a train between them on the train tracks that already exist there. All we would need is the train, and the trains have already been built. Right. We just don't have passenger transit on the rails that already exist. And all those three cities are right in a line, too. Straight line. They're right in a straight line on flat ground. If we can't do that for 11 million people... Yeah, then who's going to outer space? Not I. Not you. Nobody from Ohio... 
That's why Ohioans only got as far as the moon. Right, exactly. So why do people believe in the Stargate and the Ziggurat? <laughs> I don't have a clue. So physicists, including old Steve Hawking, have suggested that wormholes might be traversable by humans. Meaning that we could find a wormhole, hop in it, and bip across great distances faster than light or through time. Okay. So he said it might be true. So I, I like the idea that if someone is smart enough, they can say whatever they want. People are like, yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> I would assume he has some proof for it, but I also think that's true. If you're smart or rich enough, you can say anything. And people were like, oh, right. <laughs> People are forced to consider it. Right, right. So the Great Ziggurat of Ur was originally built during the Bronze Age, which is about 2100 BC, and was reconstructed in the 500s. So it it was built, it went to shit, and then they rehabbed it in the year 500. And the year 500 renovation is how it is now, right? So it's been out there for uh, 1500 years. Sure, yeah. And so it is pretty well preserved, probably because it's in the desert, so it does not get water erosion or, like, mold growing on it or whatever. It is nice and dry. It's going to last forever. It is between 70 and 100 feet tall. That really is large. Right. And so the cats that built the ziggurat were Sumerians, and they built it in the center of Mesopotamia. The Sumerians worshipped the Anunnaki, and some people believe that the Anunnaki still exist, that they control humans, and that they are aliens. Now and so this... the, the entirety of this theory is hinging on the idea that the Sumerians built the ziggurat, and the Sumerians also worshipped the Anunnaki. It seems pretty cut and dried that the Sumerians built it for Anunnaki. Right. I mean, that's that's historical. Right, right. So that's a very interesting wrinkle in all of this. Now, the whole idea of the Anunnaki is that they controlled the destiny of humans. Mm-hmm. And so you would appeal to them to change your destiny. Sure. Uh-huh. So Mesopotamia was basically like the whole area where Iraq is now and Syria mm-hmm. and right over in, in that area. And this is theoretically where, quote unquote, civilization started, right? Right, right. The Anunnaki, in their status as aliens, have also created human-alien hybrids, right? I believe so. I think that we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Lacerda. And we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) Right. I'll be real. I'm not an Anunnaki person, really, I don't think. You know, I just wish... And gosh, any Sumerians who hear this are going to be so mad. I wish the Sumerians had left better records. Right, right. They didn't really leave many clear records for us. And then I'm sure there is some stuff in that library that burned down. We'll never know. You know, that is such a huge thing. The Library of Alexandria burning down and you don't know what you lost. Right. Just like when we get that EMP. Who knows what we have lost? I mean, we know now, but will our grandchildren know what we've lost? <laughs> Our grandchildren will be like, all my gram-gram used to do was mutter about her files. <laughs> she said, I had 90 bazillion photos from my telephone. <laughs> and they're all gone. Somebody is going to have to carve a goatsy into rock before the EMP hits. Right, maybe that's what all that old weird rock art is from. It's from the last time we got an EMP. And people were like, hurry up. We got to remember the goat-headed guy and the guy with all the hands. now think about this natalie we've talked before 
about civilizations that existed before our current era of civilization, right? And I know that we've floated some theories like, hey, it's quite possible that these people had advanced civilizations and they just didn't make anything that lasted. Uh-huh. In 10,000 years, it will be incredibly difficult to find out what our media is like unless a system of preserving and like recapitulating all of our digital media sort of echoes into the future. Right. All of this is being stored ephemerally and in a way that is not (laughs) resistant to chemical and physical and energetic damage, right? Right, right. And so a huge amount of the things we're doing are going to be gone. I think it is entirely possible that if a civilization were as advanced as we are, that they may have come up with a way of recording and storing and propagating data on this scale, and it just fucking got destroyed. Right. I'm not even being influenced by the movie Stargate here, where they went through the Stargate and they met ancient Egyptians. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ancient Egyptians had a fucking nuke and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or the guys had a nuke. I don't know. Spoiler alert, but it's a 29-year-old movie, so. Yeah, you can probably figure it out yourself now. You just go ahead and watch it on YouTube or something, I'm sure. <laughs> Get the nine-hour cut that we downloaded from the Power Bay. <laughs> so, are there other Stargates aside from the one in the Ziggurat? Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say yes. (laughs) I mean, you know I'm going to say yes. Did you know that the Bermuda Triangle has a Stargate? They say there are megalithic structures underwater at Bemini, which may predate the current era of human civilization and contain Stargates. Now I know there's a whole shitload of stones. Mm -hmm. They got those stone ruts that go all the way out into the ocean. There's that whole area that used to be above land. Right, right. What's the evidence for the Stargate being there? Is it just... They're just waxing poetic about Stargates. Someone said there might be one there. Yeah. Yeah, It's fine. Right. They say Stonehenge maybe has a Stargate. I'm not convinced on that one. Again, in the movie Stargate, they had a stone that was like 20 feet across with a bunch of rotating parts. So I think you would see that at Stonehenge. Right, right. But again, this is not... That's just the movie. (laughs) But the movie is the reason why they call it a Stargate and not a wormhole. They should have just called the movie Wormhole. Right. (laughs) Wormhole bookmark. That's what I would call it. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my wormhole? Just find it. There you go. It's got a little piece of paper with a cat on it stuck inside of it so you can see where it is. (laughs) The explanation of Stonehenge is some sort of shit to line up with the stars. It's good enough for me. And they've really, Stonehenge is one place where they have really done like ground penetrating radar. And they've also done Stonehenge penetrating renovations. So to me, Stonehenge is meaningless anymore. They, yeah, it, they took that shit down and put it back up and did all kinds of shit to it. It is not the same thing as they found. No, it's it's cool. You know, when you look at it, there's something about Stonehenge that seems to carry ancient power to me. I don't think it will let you travel to another world that mysteriously looks like our Egypt. <laughs> Just a wormhole to Egypt. They say that Lake Michigan's underwater stones, which are a Stonehenge-like arrangement at the bottom of the lake, has some carvings of mastodons 
and et cetera, et cetera. They say it's 10,000 years old, also a Stargate. Okay, okay. So if there's, I'm finding, you know, this list of, of like ancient mysterious stone structures is like a pretty good list, but there's no, there's no information about how it's a wormhole. Huh? Right, right. Now here's this one. No, this one is the one that I always think about when I think about Stargates, which is the Gate of the Gods in Peru. And that is a stone structure that was carved into a face of the Hayumarca Mountain. It's about seven meters high by seven meters wide, and the Peruvian government will not let you access it, and you cannot go see it. Oh, okay. That's the one that Graham Hancock was kind of alluding to it being crazy. Okay. I think we're on to something. I feel like if you can go there and pay like seven pounds and they'll let you get up close to it and take pictures of it. Yeah, right. I feel like it's not that mysterious, but if the shit is like enormous and carved into a stone face of a wall and you're not allowed to get close to it, I feel like that's kind of getting into Mount Kailash territory. Right. That's how I feel about it too. I don't necessarily think it's a Stargate, but I think it might be somewhere special. There might be some kind of weird shit happening there. If you have some kind of ancient marking on a stone wall, that could denote like some kind of geomagnetic thing. That could denote something radioactive. Right. It could mean, hey, it could mean there's a fucking portal nearby, okay? The aliens have to come to and fro. Right. And something that has been a compelling argument to me for why aliens are not flying to Earth and coming down out of the sky and then flying off back up into the sky is that traveling that way requires a huge amount of energy and resources. Mm -hmm. Jacques Vallée said, he postulated in a paper, and this was 30 years ago, he wrote this paper about ufo observances and he said it's very likely that they are here on earth they're here on earth or they're on the moon or they're somewhere super close because if they have an interest in earth they would not fly to and fro regardless of if they have gravitational travel this and that right harnessing the energy for a civilization is something that takes up a ton of their natural resources and a ton of their time and effort, even if they're building a fucking Dyson sphere around their star Mm -hmm. and capturing all of their star's energy, right? You still have to take a huge amount of energy and use that just to fucking propel yourself at light speed, which is not that fast. Right. I think it's totally possible that there's some weird fucking places where there's like an alien portal that's either hiding aliens that are just physically there or it's got some kind of weird shit happening to let them travel. Sure, right. Uh, There's also the Doorway of the Gods in Sedona, Arizona, which is an archway of red rock at the top of a mountain and people see lights there. And there are sounds there, but that, you know, that's, lights and sounds do not make a Stargate. I have lights and sounds in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's possible that you could have a weird rock formation that has weird magnetic shit. And and you could have weird things happening there, certainly. Right, right. Certainly. So what evidence do we have that the theory about the Stargate is true? Okay, so this is all we have. In 2003, the U.S. forces captured the Great Ziggurat and built an airfield and military base there. And after they had built this, they closed access to the Iraqi locals. So they were not able to come to the Ziggurat anymore. So why did they block off the Ziggurat to all the Iraqis? Couldn't be because of the 
airfield and the military base, and they didn't want all the Iraqis to show up and start causing problems. It had to be the Stargate and the cigarette. <laughs> the other thing is that the story for the Iraq war was proven to be intentionally inaccurate. The U.S. had claimed that Iraq possessed weapons of mass destruction, and most people believed that it was just a ruse because they wanted the oil, which is what had happened, right? <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> they wanted the oil for themselves, and they also wanted to make sure that their adversaries did not get the oil. Like, not only do we want all of it, but also China can't have any and Russia can't have any. That was what it was about. Yeah. That but seemed, the fact that, that it was fishy, pretty... but the fact it was fishy, people were like, well, maybe it was a Stargate. Right? <laughs> I mean, there were other confounding motivations in the Iraq war. Like, there's always been this threat of a Pan-African or a, a Middle Eastern, like, Euro-type currency. Mm-hmm. Like, a, an overarching currency that will allow people to cut the U.S. out of the, the global banking system. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, hey, that's capitalism. Right. Give them some competition. Then right. they can, then they'll be Innovate. motivated. They'll be motivated <laughs> to do better. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening there. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into the whole Iraq war situation. <laughs> right. uh, it's honestly quaint anymore. <laughs> it's funny to think about a president that was as bad as George Bush being bad. Right. <laughs> So, what evidence do we have that it is not true? Here we go. You ready? There is no direct evidence of a wormhole or stargate existing at the Great Ziggurat. <laughs> That's always how they get you. Right, right. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's ever seen the wormhole and came out and said, hey, there's a fucking wormhole in there. Right, right. Don't you think that all the people who lived in Iraq who had gone to the Great Ziggurat this whole time would have mentioned it before the movie came out? <laughs> think somebody would have spilled the beans right right probably they got it behind a door that says employees only right right how do you feel about this what are your feelings on the great ziggurat what is your final score well natalie before i give you my score we're gonna do what we always do hop in the discord let's hear your score one not real at all 10 completely real if you're not a member of the discord patreon.com slash garbage brain university will get you in there as far as 10 being totally real and uh, one being completely unreal. I hate to do it to him, Natalie. I'm going to give the great Ziggurat of Ur's Stargate a one. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to the best of them. <laughs> I really like the idea. The Ziggurat is physically impressive. The Ziggurat is large enough. If you look at a photo of it, you know, you said it's, what, 70 to 100 feet tall? It's several hundred feet on a side, and the motherfucker's square. There's a lot of room in there. Right. You could hide a lot of shit in there. Before the U.S. invasion of Iraq, it was actually used as a military base Mm -hmm. by the Iraqis, which is probably part of why we took it over and wouldn't let them in. (sighs) Right, yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now, it is considered a holy site, which which is annoying that people in the area who want to go there to see such a fucking cool thing, because it's giant and ancient. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't have anything that's giant and ancient around here. Maybe the Grand Canyon, but that's not the same. That doesn't count, yeah. It doesn't really count. That's just a hole in the ground. Did Sumerians, if Sumerians made the Grand Canyon, maybe I'd like to see it. Right. <laughs> Now, the scale of something like that, 
It's different when you get up close and you physically feel the scale. It's different. Maybe I'd feel great being in the Grand Canyon. I don't know. I just saw a gif the other day of a guy who was playing around. He jumped over the railing and then he lost his footing and he skidded down and almost fell in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the Grand Canyon is mostly just a warning of the potential of gravity. Sure. Anyone can paint lines on a wall. Right. It's just... You know, also maybe it's sour grapes. It's too far away. I can't Mm -hmm. really, I don't see myself driving to see it. So anyway, Stargate of Iraq. Also the fact that it's tied so closely to the Stargate movie. Yeah. (laughs) The the later Stargate television series. It is just unfortunate. It feels mega fishy to me. Right. I, that's, I don't like anything that's movie based. So I hate to do it to him. Great ziggurat of Ur's Stargate. I'm going to give a one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you with that. I'm going to also give it a one. I feel like I hate stuff that's based on movies. Like, if you like The Matrix, that's fine. But understand that what is going on in The Matrix is based off of hundreds and hundreds of years of philosophy. And if you want to learn about that kind of stuff, it's all right there for you, baby. It's all right there for you. Right? Mm-hmm. The Stargate at the Ziggurat doesn't even have that. The Matrix is like some treatise by Plato compared to the Ziggurat in the Stargate. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is just like pie in the sky stuff. Also, I feel like, not to get weird with you guys, but I have a tendency to do that. When we were talking about Aleister Crowley and Jack Parsons, I put forward the idea that they did not open a gate that exists. The gate is in themselves. I feel like if there is a potential to have a Stargate or a wormhole, I feel like this would be something that you could also access within yourself. That would be the best place to look for it. And the idea that you would find it just like in in a pyramid, here you go, with no work is like unlikely to me. Yeah, yeah creating and maintaining something like that has like an energetic requirement if it's physical right it's like they can't even run the uh super collider at cern very often i mean it's got to drive their energy bills up like they grow light and you know there are many many ancient belief systems that talk about using meditation and like looking inward to create a vehicle for yourself that you can use to travel the cosmos. That's not uncommon. That's not an uncommon belief in ancient systems, but they never go through a Stargate. It's just, it's too tidy and it appeals too much to Star Trek brain. Right, right. It's Star Trek brain. It's like, make it easy. Let's just find the hole someone built already. Like, I'm not into it. I'm not into the Stargate. I'm not into the movie shit. I'm not into like the Hollywoodification of philosophy. It just makes it very dumb. It makes it so it doesn't mean anything. So yeah, one. I gave it a one. Deal with it. <laughs> I am going to shout out, honestly, the end of the Stargate movie where they had Ra and he was basically a fucking sick jackal headed dude. And he was like nine feet tall and he had a huge crystal staff. That was pretty badass. I see how you could get wrapped up in that universe. So I will. The the makers of the 1994 film Stargate, (laughs) I would give that film a solid like six out of ten. Yeah, man, solid Just six out of ten. <laughs> to the movie, the right. Stargate, the Stargate here won. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, Natalie, if you were concerned about your personal safety when traveling through a Stargate, Corey Grella, she actually is the guardian of the Alaskan Stargate between Alaska and Harlem Township. <laughs> 
the guardian of Alaska's gate to the stars, Corey Grella, <laughs> will give you the health insurance you need at a price you can afford. Life insurance, not health insurance. Those are different. Health insurance is evil and doesn't sponsor us. Right. <laughs> Life insurance is just about giving your family money when you die. Who can blame them? If you like to go someplace before you die, Natalie. Harlem Township. I go there before I die all the time. <laughs> Every time I've gone there so far has been pre-death. <laughs> so you vouch for it. Right, You right. vouch for I've it. I've never died there, and I don't think you will either. I can't think of a greater endorsement. Right. Harlem Township. Death-free in 2023. I... <laughs> Listen, thank you to Corey Grella and Harlem Township for sponsoring us. If you'd like to sponsor us, head to patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. We'll tell everyone how great you are. Natalie, I am pleased as shit that the rhymes of the year three came back. <laughs> we, used to, we used to say keeping it free in 2003, and the threes are back, baby. Right, right. The threes are back. <laughs> yeah, baby. Dope. Anything that ends in E, the most common letter in the alphabet? <laughs> Oh, my God. We're making rhymes all year long. Stay tuned. Everything is real. 2023. We're going to rhyme everything with it. <laughs> got to stay tuned. Listen, if you're not on the Patreon, you're missing half of our episodes. There's 170 of them, 180, something like that. You haven't heard yet. 380. Patreon.com slash Garbage Brain University. That's how you're going to get in. 580. It's, it's cheap. <laughs> it's fun. Join our Discord. 1080. <laughs> We're looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, everything is real. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>